Hi everybody and welcome to the Cultivated Podcast with me, your host Rob Lambert. So I was lucky enough to go away on a retreat, a weekend away in a very, very small Airbnb to record these podcasts. This season, the first season, is all about how to be effective and productive at work. I'm very much looking forward to bringing you season two, which is about creativity. Now, I will say this tiny Airbnb was right next to a main road with some very loud motorbikes, so occasionally you may hear their exhausts. I do hope you enjoy this. Feel free to check out the website at cultivatedmanagement.com. Today's episode, we're going to talk about calendar blocking and how it can, can be helpful. But actually, it can also be the wrong strategy because actually it doesn't often take into account energy and attention, which we've done a podcast on before. So let's get into this. So calendars are very, very effective. You know, they're a great tool to use at work and in your personal life. They're not without problems. So why use calendars? So most workplaces are very calendar driven, you know, and and certainly many organizations, the calendar is the de facto schedule of your day. And if we're not careful, that calendar can become full of other people's requests. It can become full of meetings that actually we may not need to go to. And actually what happens when you're using your calendar as your schedule is it often doesn't have those available spaces to get work done, to get tasks done. So you end up trying to squeeze all sorts of admin and tasks and work in between meetings. A few general ideas to think about here. And and again, this applies outside of work as well. Using a calendar is a very effective tool because it's a visual way of seeing what's on your agenda, on your plate. And we've talked about how visualizing work is actually one of the most powerful things we can do to organize it and to prioritize it. So calendars work because they're an organizational construct that everybody can resonate with. And so first thing is I always start with my pillars of life. Now, we've done a podcast on this before. For me, I'm lucky that I'm able to, I guess, look after my own agenda to some extent. And so what I do is I schedule into my calendar these non-negotiable pieces of time. So these are things like maybe the kids have got to play that I really need to get to. So that's going in there. Doctor's appointments, uh, anything on there, holidays, all that kind of stuff that you've got. I pop them into the calendar so that I can see them and I can uh, schedule my work around it. And I make sure they're non-negotiable. So nobody's blatting over the top of that time unless there's a very, very good reason for it. Now, I know we're not all lucky enough to be able to have that as an option for us. But I think if we start to think about where we want to focus our energy and attention, then it can give you at least an opportunity to consciously see what you can do in your workplace to prioritize some of the things that that are maybe super important, like kids' plays, et cetera, et cetera. We've got everything scheduled, but what we don't have in there is we probably don't have our tasks and our goals and our uh, pieces of work that we're going to be delivering through the day. So what I tend to do is I schedule in something called deep work. Now, Cal Newport has written an extremely good book about deep work, which I think is definitely worth reading for anyone who's interested in actually getting more work done uh, at a deeper level. So I schedule in blocks of deep work. Now, these are for making things. So these are for delivering work, for doing those projects, for writing, for podcasting, and I'm blending work and social life and personal life a little bit here but you get the gist scheduling in big blocks of work to get into stuff so that people can't put meetings in there leaving me just half an hour to crack on with that project we often need a good five ten minutes to get into the context of the work that we're trying to do and sometimes we lose ourselves in the flow and we miss that opportunity if we're trying to chunk it up into half an hour slots between meetings so i also encourage people that i work with whether i'm a manager or i'm actually reporting to people to schedule any meeting they want with me in the mornings or the late afternoons, giving me the bulk of the day to get stuff done. 
And again, managers tend to work on these sort of snippets of half an hour meetings, meet here to make a decision there, join this governance board, all that kind of blah, blah, blah nonsense. That is helpful and useful for them. But a lot of people that they may be managing are people who've got to get stuff done and they need big blocks of uninterrupted time to get it done. So I schedule that in my calendar, making it hard for people to find slots in that sort of time block to have meetings, forcing them to go mornings or late afternoons. So that's another way. Schedule the work that you've got to do, essentially. Schedule any kind of, obviously, recurring meetings. Super helpful to be able to set um, recurring activities that you do every week. Calendars are wonderful for that. But bear in mind here as well with calendars that, of course, things will slip. Things will change. So you've got to be somewhat flexible with that. And again, that's why I try to leave what I would call slack in my calendar, where I might over... Uh, estimate on a, on a meeting for example I might give it 45 minutes when actually it's supposed to be half an hour or I might block two hours to do some work when I know it's broadly going to take about an hour and a half so that if things do slip and change then I can look at my calendar and I can move things around if I need to on a day-to-day basis now of course I try not to do that but life has a way of throwing all sorts of curveballs at us another thing to do is obviously uh, have a look at that calendar every day what I like to do is actually print it out and then I can actually, you know, using a good old fashioned pen, scribble around on top to, you know, move things around and write notes or, you know, write little comments. That's been really helpful for me. That is to have a look at my agenda, my schedule for the day, to print it out and then to go through it. What I've also started doing in my personal life is actually color coding it red or green, depending on whether I achieve that thing or not. So that I can look at it at the end of the week and go, well, this, you know, workout every morning at six o'clock is red for the whole week something's not right what can I do to make that green so that I actually get it done so that's another use um, I use color coding within the calendar itself to quickly understand what it is so for example at work I use red for meetings because I don't like meetings I think they're mostly generally a, a waste of time so I color code them red so that when I'm looking at my schedule for the week I can see quickly whether or not the whole week's red in which case this is going to be a horrible week where I'm not going to get much done I color code green things that are actually you know deliverables productivity things that I'm actually going to get paid to do and then I color code various different colors yellow for family commitments etc etc so that's another good way so that you can quickly see um, where you're spending your time and on that point the downside of a calendar is that it doesn't contain anything to do really with energy and attention and you've maybe listened to the podcast where I talk about why energy and attention is better than time management because energy and attention is a finite resource we only get so much Some activities on our calendar will give us energy, some will drain energy, and some will be potentially energy neutral. And if our calendars are full and all we're doing is scheduling things into available slots, we may be scheduling things that are depleting our energy. So again, have a think about whether or not actually scheduling stuff all day is a good thing. Think about when you have the most energy. Think about things that require more attention than others and therefore maybe more draining. And think about whether or not you've got, you know, kids play in the evening or football practice or whatever it is. And have you got a day where you've got a whole schedule full of things that drain you? Are you going to be any good at football practice? Now, of course, we don't always get to shuffle around our agenda. It's not always within our control. Sometimes it's in control of the people we work with. But these are things to start thinking about, ideas to start um, applying to your calendar, combining energy and attention, color coding, blocking out when you're going to do work and trying to force meetings to the beginning and end of day so that actually we don't spend our entire day in meetings. So that's it, really. I hope that was helpful for you. Um, I think calendars are super helpful. They're a standard work construct that everybody seems to understand. However, don't let your calendar be filled by other people and make sure you schedule enough time and energy and attention to get those things done 
that you're going to get paid for, that you actually exist to provide. And of course, if you've got creative pursuits and all the other stuff that's going on in your life, sometimes scheduling that's really helpful as well. I hope it's been helpful and useful for you. Thanks everybody for listening to the Cultivated Retreat podcast season one. If you want to join the mailing list and get goodness to your inbox every Wednesday, then check out cultivatedmanagement.com. You'll find all sorts of other stuff on there, resources, books, articles, links to the YouTube channel, links to the Here's an Idea Worth Playing With audio series, and of course the online communication superpower workshop. Until next time, bye-bye.